Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode is with journalist and broadcaster Sade Beckley-Lines. I talked to Sade about her documentary Sierra Leone at 60. Sade, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Been looking forward to talking to you. So, just before I go into your career, just tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Sade Beckley Lines, and I'm a journalist. I've been in the industry for 10 years now. Um, I'm also currently, uh, I've made a documentary called Sierra Leone at 60. It's for the 60th Independence this year in Sierra Leone, and I've interviewed 60 Sierra Leoneans, so yeah, there's a theme there. Awesome. Well, we'll come on to your documentary shortly. What I'd like to do is go back and ask you where it all began. So what was your education like, and where did the initial love for yourself when it comes to travel, when did that start? So I was born and raised in England, and I went to school in Buckinghamshire. And when I was 12 years old, I always knew I wanted to be a journalist. That was my dream job. And so I then studied journalism at university. My love for travel began pretty early. Uh, My first flight was when I was five years old. And I believe I went to America um, in the East Coast. Uh, and yeah, it's just ever since then. I really enjoyed the day. I think they were all a bit worried, you know, a young child um, flying. And, but I actually loved the journey. I was looking out the window, like still to this day, window seat is my favorite window, just to look out and see the view and the pretty cows. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's where my love for travel began. I guess when you graduate from any sort of course it's trying to balance out whether you've got a passion for travel and then working at the same time did you ever think that was going to be a bit of a problem no I never thought it'd be a problem um I always I always knew that I could do both (laughs) um holidays are very important I believe you know even if you don't have a job that where you know, part of it is that you get to travel. You should always take time off. I really believe in self-care. It's really important. It's vital even. Um, And holidays are definitely part of that. You need to take a break. And travel is so important. It's, you know, you learn so much from travel. Once you graduated and started working, And you said you were working as a journalist in England. How did you make your name in the industry? So my first job, I was actually interviewing for it at the same time when I was finishing up my last piece of coursework at university. So uh, it was a pretty stressful time. (laughs) And I really wanted the job. It was with InStyle UK. 
um, which is a magazine. Um, it's very well known in Star US magazine, and they brought it over here to UK. Um, not brought it over here, but they brought it over to the UK. Um, it's actually no longer. They actually got rid of it, but the InStar magazine uh, US version is still very much very popular. So uh, I actually got to that job, and it was to be a features intern. And upon my first day of starting there, the features assistant had actually left her role, and so I pretty much went into the job doing both roles, and I pretty much became the features assistant and so um that was actually in itself such a great experience I learned so much you know you can study for you know for a billion years but there's nothing like on the job training actual practical work doing you know doing the job and uh so every day I had to write two articles before uh, midday and um, I just got to go to so many events. I covered red carpet. Um, I did uh, like the Brit Awards. I also did the BAFTA Awards. Um, I, I just got so many wonderful opportunities. And um, yeah, I just felt so grateful for that because, you know, I got to learn from the best as well. Um, the people that worked there were a lot older than me I was actually youngest um in that company um so it was just you know I gained a wealth of experience that's for sure you were just saying that two articles before midday I mean uh, when I write it takes me sometimes two days to write an article let alone by writing two in a in a in a morning I guess when you're doing that though it really makes you realize how tough it is to actually make it and then obviously you said you mentioned you did a lot of red carpets you know brit awards afters you know these aren't sort of small events uh, i guess when you do something like that it must give you so much confidence going forward absolutely um like i always definitely believed in my talents that's for sure um but it's just you know, mixed in with people as well. That's, you know, as you know, that we, as journalists, you have to be very good with people and um, just very good listener. And uh, yeah, I've just had the opportunity to meet like lots of really um, great people and uh, yeah, and just listen to their stories and just um, get to know more about them. Um, after In Style, I actually went I actually came to Sierra Leone and um, I was only here for Christmas holidays and then a really great role came up as a communications officer for the World Health Organization and it was post Ebola uh, so it was really you know a very essential time and that was another role that I learned immensely from um, it was more of a communications role, not so much journalism, but, you know, I'd studied communications at university, so it was, I was very much ready for it. Um, and there again, I was the youngest one at the organization here. Um, and so I just, I just decided to like lean into what I could give to you because there were so many brilliant people there and I was definitely you know, some days I was just like, 
um, okay, wow, how did I end up here um, amongst all these great minds? Uh, so I just really tried to tap into what I was good at and what I could bring to the table. And um, as a younger person, I was very good, you know, very social media savvy, very tech savvy. And so I really thought that, okay, here I could, you know, really help with the social media. Um, so I then uh, really became very active with posts and things and um, trying to make the World Health Organization uh, in Sierra Leone uh, as transparent as possible. Um, so I connected with each team uh, the organization and I made sure I was um, added to each WhatsApp group so that they, when they whenever they'd speak about something one of them would say like oh I just came from you know this place um, and they were doing this and I uh, you know, just worked on this name but so I'd then individually mess with that person like oh what did you do and find out about that project and then I'd like get pictures from them or they'd invite me to the event and I would then use that and then post it on like the Facebook account of WHO Sierra Leone or Twitter account. And so that really helped to like actually propel their social media presence because, you know, everybody wanted to know, okay, what is what are the WHO actually doing? Like what have they done now post Ebola? Um so I really made that visible and um and the language is very technical sometimes they would use because obviously, you know, these people that are you know, like doctors and um, quite like medical people, and that's not my field. So I would just uh, break down the language into, you know, words that everyone could understand. So it doesn't matter if you don't have a medical background, you still understand exactly what's going on and, um, you know, can see what WHO were doing. Um, so that's where I really thought I'd fit in and I also helped a lot with the website I helped to build a whole new website for the organization um, and update information and um, yeah that's where I really felt I could fit in with them. Is your family heritage from Sierra Leone and is that the reason why you decided to move across and wanting to sort of well I guess put the country into a because there's a lot of misconceptions with Africa in general. And when you when I talk to people, they always say, oh, Africa is not a safe place. You know, there's so much going on there that we can't really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, make sure that our lives are, are at risk. So you're going to Sierra Leone. What's it like, as, as you said, you were born and brought up in the United Kingdom, moving across. I mean, I assume that you're settled there now and not looking to move back, or what's the, what's the situation? I love what you just said there because uh, that's really my whole purpose of why I'm doing this documentary. Um, because, you know, whenever I'd mention that I'm from Sierra Leone, that's where my family is from. Um, I wasn't born here, I was born in England. I've lived in England pretty much all my life. Um, but this has always felt like home as well, you know. Um, so whenever I'd mention I was from Sierra Leone, people would always instantly say, oh, that's war-torn country. Um, is everything okay now? Is it safe? 
or they'll mention Ebola, or they'll mention blood diamonds. Um, so it's really my mission to try and help change the narrative of Sierra Leone and, you know, and hopefully in the future, like West Africa and Africa in general. Um, because, you know, these stories, what you read in the press, um, it's constant, like, negative news. and When you see those negative press for some, well, I guess, family lineage from Sierra Leone, does it, I guess, what it, does it upset you? Does it think, you know what, that's not the Sierra Leone that I know? Yes, absolutely. Um, it is very hurtful, like, when you see, you know, the bad news that's reported because every country has their challenges. And uh, I think, you know, there's another word for um, Africa. It's, they, it's been called the dark continent because, you know, it's constantly seen as just, you know, always bad things come out of it or, you know, just always bad news you'll hear about it. Um, where it's so not true. Uh, the future is African, and there is just so much like going on here. So many good things, so many brilliant people, um, and just you know, a country just like Sierra Leone, which is a very poor country, but has so much potential. Uh, Sierra Leone is so naturally beautiful. Um, we have so many natural resources from, of course, diamonds to gold uh, to bauxite. Um, there's, it's just, there's so much wealth here, as in natural, you know, resources that we have. Um, but it's just everybody just needs to change their mindset and realize that there's just, it's just the land of opportunities here. Goal for the documentary. What would you like to come out of it? I assume you want it to, at the moment, I assume it's going to be shown in Sierra Leone, but is your aim to get it internationally uh, distributed and for people to watch the documentary, so get networks and maybe airlines to, to showcase it? My goal for this documentary is just to help, even if it's just changed one person's opinion of Sierra Leone, then I feel like that's that's it. I've achieved something. Um, so I've been releasing t teasers on uh, the social media platforms that I made for the documentary. They're all Sierra Leone at 60 um, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And even with the first teaser that's just a stunning drone shot, I had people messaging me from... <laughs> from left and right, just like, oh my goodness, I need to come and visit Sierra Leone. My friends are like, oh my gosh, this is what it looks like. I need to come there. Like, oh, And they're even giving me dates and trying to figure out, you know, in their diaries and their schedules when they can come. Um, I even have fellow Sierra Leoneans ask me, where is this? Like, where did you go and shoot this? Like, are you, you, you know, you've taken advantage of when something something that you have you don't you know you don't realize how science is until you see it from like a, a different lens pun intended <laughs> um so yeah that's what i i just really want to help rebrand sierra leone and you know when i tell people i'm from sierra leone they'll mention 
oh, they have such warm, vivacious, welcoming people. Or they'll mention, oh, the mountains are so stunning. Or they'll mention, oh, like you guys have such beautiful beaches. Not the war, not Ebola, you know. Um, so that's what I really want to do to help elevate tourism and help Sierra Leone become the tourist destination that it deserves to be. The reasons behind what you're looking to do is admirable and I applaud you for doing it. And can I ask you, what have you learned from the journey that you've taken? And also another question as well is, how have you had the backing as well, network-wise, and how, how have you funded it? I've learned that if you have an idea, to just go for it. Um, the idea for this documentary, you know, to do it for the 60th independence anniversary, to interview 60 Sierra Leoneans, uh, it came to me October 2020. And uh, I didn't actually tell anybody about it until, uh, say, December 2020. Um, and that's when I first saw my mother and my aunt. Um, and that's the reason for that is because basically for the past three months, like every morning when, I, when I'd wake up, I'd think about the idea and I'd just start developing it. And I'd like write notes of, you know, any brainstorms I had. And like before I'd go to bed, I'd be thinking about the idea. And I'd just be like, you know, I was here for the 50th independence in Sierra Leone. And, you know, went to um, different parties. I attended different events. And that was all well and good. Like, it was it was great. It was fun. <laughs> but um, I thought for this 60th anniversary that I wanted to actually do something. And I wanted us all as Syrians to have something uh, that we could actually look back and watch and be like, this was... Sierra Leone at 60. This, it's me doing every single thing. I'm wearing so many different hats. Um, apart from the videography, I have my cameraman, but you know, I uh, directed it, produced it, edited it. Um, I'm also the social media editor, <laughs> the marketing manager, um, like the PR person. Um, so, Jack of all trades, hey? <laughs> <laughs> it's been, and it's really like, I'm so grateful, you know, for the roles that I've had um, when I've, you know, through my career, because it's, that's all been like a build up and that's all been practice for like doing this all myself because I've worn all those different hats in my different roles before, but that was for something different. This, this even feels like even more special because it's, I feel like this is a, has a true purpose. You know, I'm doing this documentary in Sierra Leone, for Sierra Leone, about Sierra Leone. So it's just, it's just been so fulfilling. And um, it's been independent. Um, but I know that it will all be worth it. You just have to gradually, you know, work at this and... Um, and to try and change people's, you know, ideas. And and that's why it's so important to do a documentary because like, as a society, we've all, as you will definitely know, we've become so visual and, you know, you have 
great photographs that you've taken on your travels and you know you know exactly what you're doing with your youtube channel and the podcast and everything you've got going on so we are just such visual people like we like so we have our phones in our hand and we like to see lovely looking things um so it was really important to you know this is such a beautiful country so the world needs to see it um and and getting this documentary on um these all these different tv channels across um, nationwide in Sierra Leone was actually it was actually easy like I I went there I had my whole pitch I had my all my documents and little portfolio that I printed for every you know CEO um and they actually just loved the idea love to see it and see the see the highlights really and as you were saying there putting uh, Sierra Leone in a light where no one really has seen it. And um, that's going to be interesting to, to watch. The, the work ethic, by the way, that you've got is amazing for someone young because a lot of people uh, that I meet uh, who are a lot younger than me, uh, sometimes the work ethic sort of is lacking. And for you to actually leave your – I know you said, you know, your family are from Sierra Leone and whatnot, but you grew up in the United Kingdom, so you are British, born and bred. So to leave to leave a confined space where you're used to everything, and to go out and do it in a country where they might have like different ways of doing things, you know, different ways of filming, different ways of journalism, everything. That takes guts. Your plan is to just stay in Sierra Leone until you feel as a right, okay, I've done my mission. My mission is done here. Let's try and maybe do other parts of maybe Africa or other parts of the world. One of the questions I would also ask you is, you know, someone from a Sierra, a background of Sierra Leone, you know, female as well, that's also a bit of a challenging aspect, isn't it? Clearly you've got, a form of X, X factor there that people yeah. love. Yes, there have been challenges. Um, it's been, it has been a lot of hard work, I will definitely say. Um, I think the best advice I would give firstly is if you want to create a documentary um, independently, um, I'm a person that keeps my circle small and I definitely keep my team even smaller um i actually it's just a lot easier working with you know not such a big team not so many people it's been very long days uh and i, I don't even have my own camera as well so i'm but i'm so grateful that i uh also we actually spoke earlier um networking um is very essential because uh so there's this company here called Freetown Media Center. Um, and I met the owner of that company actually at an event in London back in 2018. He was there uh, given a, a viewing of his documentary. It was, it was all about um, documentaries made in Freetown, the capital of Sierra Leone. So I attended that um, lovely little event, yeah. And uh, I, I just really loved his work. And so afterwards, 
it's where I then was like, okay, I need to get his details. And I, I had so many questions to ask him because, you know, I obviously I'm very passionate about Sierra Leone and I always knew I would want to do a documentary in Sierra Leone. So I went and asked him questions, we exchanged details. And then as soon as I got to, um, I reached out and um, it was just after the festive season, like festive season here is one of the peak times um so much going on so many parties and I just was like okay January came I need to reach out to him um and filming started on February 8th and um it was spread across two months but in total it's been 19 days of filming it's been (laughs) I mean from just the beginning uh you know, it's all about interviewing 60 Syrians for the 60th anniversary. I had, you know, many cancellations. That's how it started. Like, I, I as I mentioned, I uh, reached out to the owner of Freetown Media Centre, Bami Mansouré, back in January. And we were going to start filming, actually, in January. But that it wasn't the case. It, filming actually started in February because I had so many cancellations of people. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's whether, you know, I will say one of my ch- challenges in general in my journalism career has been that I am young um, because I find people don't always take you as seriously. I, I'm sure you can relate to that. Um, and you really have to prove yourself. And so I would definitely say another piece of advice would be always remain so professional, um, always be kind, always um, be pleasant and like a joy to work with um, because, you know, over everything, your reputation exceeds you and um, and just... You know, I hope that people are doing something that they're passionate about because when you're passionate about something, it just always shines through. And, you know, people can see that passion when you're explaining to them what you're doing and they'll really believe in you. So I, you know, switched up my style. I learned from that and I made sure I was as professional as possible. You know, when I'd get people's contact details and I'm, you know, I'd ask people, I, I'm really grateful for, you know, my parents and my parents' friends because, you know, just by asking people then if you want somebody's phone number, because that's how I approached, you know, people via phone, um, you just ask, just another piece of advice, anything you want, just ask for it. Um, like asking for people's contact details, um, when I was like pitching to these shows, I was asking them for, you know, also slots on um, their like radio shows as well. And um, I was like, okay, so I'm go- this is going to be aired on to a TV channel. So can I come like on as like a guest on the shows on your, that you broadcast and um, just ask for anything you want. And um and if and if you do get people telling you no, that's okay. At least you've tried. You know you've tried. But um, mostly people, you know, will, you know, be on board and um, just ask. Like even when I was at interviews with um, 
different, you know, the aim was always to interview the president of Sierra Leone. And so gradually, gradually, I, you know, from just, you know, having spoken to professionals, then I would then get on to speaking to um, government officials and having interviews with them. And um, I interviewed the chief minister and I was, I just said to him and, you know, after the interview, like, my final, you know, wish, my final ask would be, please could, you know, um, connect me with other ministers here. Um, so then I went on to interview, like, the Minister of Education, um, Minister of Energy, uh, which I found is so important, um, interviewing the Minister of Energy, because, you know, here, um, one of the struggles here are, you know, our issues with electricity. Electricity is still not available to absolutely everybody here. Um, so that's, you know, essential as part of elevating the tourism here because not many people who come in um, on holiday are going to, you know, be okay with all of a sudden, you know, say you're, I don't know, trying to play some video on YouTube and all of a sudden it cuts out or, you know, it's um, it's 8 p.m. at night and you're trying to get ready to go out to a bar or a club and then all of a sudden the lights cut out. Um, they'll just be like, what is going on? You know, especially if you're from the Western world, you're not used to that. So that's all part of, you know, trying to elevate our tourism just to try and, you know, sort out our electricity issue. And I asked him, our Minister of Energy, like so many questions about that, which is in the documentary. Um, and their future plans for like solar energy and moving forward with that. Sometimes when you get a Westerner's perspective, so for example, one issue that I've found out within the travel industry myself is that a lot of South Asians don't necessarily have a voice for, let's say, when they go to India or Bangladesh or Pakistan or Sri Lanka, you get the perspective from a Caucasian um westerner what i or travel i should say or a documentary maker it's trying to get the perspective from someone who knows or someone who others can relate to you see and because you don't hear it you don't see that narrative and it's really important i think we get those narratives all around the world i really love that you mentioned um that because representation matters and representation is so important uh, which is why when I was interviewing 60 Sierra Leoneans, I chose 60 people from all different walks of life, all different age ranges, from a 12-year-old student at the National School for the Deaf to a fruit seller to uh, the mayor of Freetown, Yvonne Akisoya, um, to like electrician, to doctors here, to lawyers. Uh, to um, young female entrepreneurs, to um, also the first West African woman to be elected into the FIFA Council. Uh, her name is Aisha Johansson. She's also Sierra Leone, based in Sierra Leone. So yeah, all just different types, not just, you know, government officials, but just the everyday Sierra Leonean, the everyday heroes, um, because everyone matters, everybody's voice matters, and I wanted to showcase, you know, everybody's version of Sierra Leone. So you get all sorts of different 
Sierra Leone experiences watching the documentary. The representation is really key. And actually, that's one thing I've been trying to do with my shows. So I actually did bring on someone who was was deaf um, on my show because I wanted, and he travelled and makes documentaries. And he was uh, on the show. I remember he was telling me it's so difficult. People just ignore me, and I try with my platform to to highlight these sort of people because they're really important to society, and their voices are as important as you know, you and I. So it's, it's it's really important that we get that representation. No, absolutely. Inclusivity is essential. Um, our differences are to be admired and um, to be honoured, uh, not something that separates us or makes us feel inadequate. So, yeah, I, I love that you did that with your interview. And that's what I really wanted to achieve with, you know, each and every person that I interviewed that, you know, this is everyone, everyone's voice matters. The style that you are, that you've done the documentary, yeah. how have you gone about it? Have you gone down a serious note? What have you sort of referenced it to? So my style, I would say, um, so when I'm doing interviews, it's, I just wanted to focus on the people. Um, I know when I would, um, you know, be it the location that we'd arrange for the interviews, they'd be thinking, oh, okay, like, do you need this chair also for you? And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not going to be on camera. I'm behind the camera. Um, and it's just all about talking to you. So it's just a nice, like, basically like this kind of shot that we have here. Um, so it's close up, like just their upper body and just at an angle. Um, they're looking at me and it's just supposed to, you know, we're just... Really, each interview has just been like a lovely conversation. Um, and I just wanted the audience to just uh, just focus on, you know, when people's eyes would light up when they're explaining what they love about Sierra Leone and see their eyes light up. And because um, that's one of the questions that I ask, um, what their one wish is for Sierra Leone, um, what do they hope for the future of Sierra Leone? Uh, I ask, you know, the focus of this documentary is obviously on Sierra Leone. And so I ask questions about Sierra Leone and um, we have like a discussion about that and and also just a little bit about themselves. So people can see like, okay, there's a Sierra Leonean here who has their own, you know, breast cancer clinic. There's a Sierra Leonean here who has his own um, plastic recycling company. Um, for people to see that this, these are the great things that we have going on in Sierra Leone. Um, and of course, like, you know, people's personalities shine through. Um, I, I'm happy that, you know, they each interview has felt comfortable and, you know, opened up to me and we've had, you know, a lovely time during the interview. And it's just, it's, it covers, um, you know, we've had all sorts of different emotions <laughs> um, during these interviews. Uh, you know, there's been tears, um, there's been so much laughter, um, so many smiles. Uh, uh, so, yeah, and, and in between all of the interviews, there's, you know, shots of stereo. So when people are describing 
a part of Sierra Leone called Kabbalah that has, you know, these stunning mountains. Uh, you know, we quickly um, go to a shot of like the mountains in Kabbalah. Um, so, like, you know, we have all the visuals with all the explanations and all the stories. Um, and yeah, it's just really just something that would just showcase Sierra Leone and Sierra Leoneans. When it comes to style sometimes, it's your own unique style, I'd say. The reason why I said, do you reference anything? So when I started doing this, I watched uh, a couple of different people. Um, So Michael Parkinson was one person and there's another guy called Michael Barrymore. They're both British and they had different ways of interviewing. Michael Barrymore apparently didn't learn anything about his his guest so everything was natural michael parkinson did but he did a bit of both and also one thing i learned about because obviously i do this on on camera so i've done i did a show uh, for the americans uh well it was an american company and we were taught okay you always look at the lens when you're talking but with the british if you watch any of our shows it's always looking at the guest and then the audience is actually eavesdropping into the conversation. But in America, they were, t- they were telling us you're talking to the audience rather than talking to the guest. So there's different styles that you pick up. And it, it's just making it now, however you want it, you see. Because I know you said then as well, you have the camera on them and they're looking at you rather than looking at the camera. So it's, um, it, it's fa- I think it's fascinating. There's so much creativity. Each each show can be really different. So it's, uh, you've got to find your own style. That's what I say. So I took into account, you know, what I actually learned at university is um, part of our course. We would do, you know, broadcast journalism and we had our own news show and we'd film our own, um, you know, news pieces to the camera. So we learned a lot about, you know, the, you know, tight close-up and um, how when you're interviewing someone, what to do. So that's what I did definitely take into account. I just kept on thinking, oh, what was, you know, my lecturers to say right now? And um, so that's what I actually remembered. Um, and so that's quite the technique that I use interviewing. I did think about showing like full length. Um, shots because you know there'd be people that um, would dress so beautiful it beautifully in you know the um, Afri Africana you know costumes and um, I really wanted to showcase that but then I was like no I actually I don't want too many distractions I I want us to be able to focus and um, you know, there's there were some circumstances where we were out, you know, in the road, and you know, people would come up behind, and it, it, very distracting. And I would actually be like, no cuts. Like I wanted to just be focused on this person, so the audience can focus on that person's story and um, just absorb everything because it is sixty interviews. So it's not you know a documentary that's just oh one person then the second person. It's just very much, you know, quick edits. So um, when it's, you know, one particular question, um, I've, you know, selected my favourite answers from that question. Um, 
And so it's just, you know, little short clips of each person. So I just want to make sure that we're just a very, because we have so much, um, we have so much access to so much content these days from just our mobile phones. I find we all have short attention spans. So um, I, I, my style is like really using my own experience from when I watch things and I what I guess what I wanted to see and what I believe like works for our society, which is just you know quick, quick bits of information just. So you receive, you know, bits of information with like, I tried to make sure that we had like lovely backgrounds and backdrops and, um, yeah, and the visual aspect and you're, and you're just, you know, very much visually pleased and, um, and that it's just an, an enjoyable watch. When you're not making documentaries, when you're not uh, filming anything, what do you like to do sort of to relax? Have you got any hobbies? I love to go to the beach. Um, that's my most favourite thing to do here. And it's just, we're just so blessed living here in Sierra Leone because there are so many beaches. And, you know, I first time I visited this country, I was 12 years old. And I still am yet to visit every single beach here. But I've got an idea for one of the, a future documentary so I will definitely achieve that achieve uh, visiting every single beach just the lifestyle here is actually very relaxing <laughs> so um, I don't feel like I need to find anywhere to relax it's very much about you know enjoying life um, for and just appreciating all the the natural things that we have here, you know, natural beauty. Um, you know, we don't have stuff like shopping malls or, you know, really um, fancy things. We enjoy the basic stuffs in life. Yeah. Not everything doesn't have to be, <laughs> yeah, literally nothing has to be over the top. So, and yeah. you appreciate life more, don't you? Because it's so simple. And when you travel, uh, when I travel, I've noticed people who have, hardly anything no so because sometimes i think when we consume too much products uh everything can be overcomplicated. when when you, i've noticed the people who are more happier they've got nothing they, they don't have too much things you know to their name and sometimes that's key you know uh, a simpler life can be a better life was this on the jungle book bare necessity <laughs> exactly. um oh yeah and this is, you know this is a poor country and there are so many people that don't have much here at all but um the spirit of Sierra Leoneans is something that's just so evident as soon as you land here we're such vivacious people we're so warm um so welcoming and um you know it doesn't matter if people don't really have much you wouldn't even know like always just you know laughing and joyous and um they're just very resilient and yeah, it's it's really beautiful to see. You've talked about hobbies. Friends. You've left the United Kingdom, so you assume you had a lot of friends growing up there. How easy does it come for you to make friends in a new place like Sierra Leone? Do you miss your friends in the UK, I should say as well? Yes, I definitely miss my friends. Uh 
back in England. Um, but thanks to, you know, technology, we have WhatsApp and, you know, we can keep in contact with us and, you know, just even all the social media platforms, like, you know, watching like Snapchat stories and Insta stories, you feel like you're part of what they're doing. And, um, and so, um, yeah, it's a great way to stay connected. But, um, so I've been, uh, visiting Syria now since I was 12 years old. Um, but I have, um, you know, a few really good friends here, um, that I've known since I was very young. And because Sierra Leone is such a small society, we have, you know, family friends and friends that become family. And, um, so it's just, I, I'm very much happy with my, you know, small circle of people that's close to me. and. Um, I'm very thankful to have such a supportive circle as well. What would you like to do next? Surely you've got more ideas in the pipeline. I've just been absolutely in my element uh, creating this documentary here in Sierra Leone and I have many more ideas <laughs> for future documentaries. So I will definitely continue to uh, create content here and I, I truly believe that it is my mission now to, um, like people call it, their calling. Um, but yeah, it's, it definitely, it's definitely something that I will continue to do to help rebrand Sierra Leone, to help elevate tourism here. And um, yes, this is what many more documentaries to come. <laughs> is there anything else that you have passions to sort of? conquer really have you have you got ideas of maybe writing a book maybe or i don't know have you got any sort of ideas like that so yeah it's funny you say this because i was because i've interviewed so many people um there's a particular interviewee who she's a lawyer but she's also a radio personality she's also you know um she does events she's like a host and um you know she's She's a feminist, she's a mother, she's a wife. Like she, she wears so many different hats and does so many different things. And I, I, it really made me reflect. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, like I feel like um, everything I do is always still like within like the journalism kind of field. And it's very much, you know, journalists. Also, like I love photography, I do photography. Um, that's part of journalism, really. Um, and um, you know, doing documentaries. Um, so I, I mean, other things I would love to do. When you say a book, not, I don't have any desire now to write a book. I don't feel like I have like a story to tell right now. I feel like you know, there's not much. I feel like there's more that I should be doing to, you know, write a book where I can you know be. Hopefully one day that will, I will achieve everything I'd like to and be like, yes, I'm ready. Like, let's go. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. But now I just feel like I just want to keep on learning. Um, I don't know everything just yet. And um, But a book that I would love to do are like photo books and coffee books. So I have um, some ideas. Like I take a lot of uh, photographs here in Sierra Leone. Um, 
And so I have ideas to do um, a few little fun um, coffee table books um, with my photographs that I've been collecting. Like I have lots of albums um, that I've got stored on like hard drives and in my phone. And that's what I then want to do. Um, but um, anything different, like, yeah, like, no, it's all to do with like media stuff media related and journalism related so yeah i want to thank you very much for coming on Sade. i really appreciate your time no i really do it's been fascinating listening to your story and i wish you the best of luck and i'll speak to you very soon thank you you can follow my guests on all of their social media platforms the details are in the description that's it for take a wonder with shebs don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms until next time bye for now